Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another awesome show for you planned here today. Um, I do want to thank everybody for the patience. Uh, we were running some technical difficulty issues out of the way, so I wanted to make sure that uh, that got covered while we were doing that, though. Make sure that you are liking the show, hitting the subscribe button, hitting the notification bell, getting your little email uh, every day when we go live, which is every day. So, um, right off the hop, I'm going to say, first off, none of us are doctors. Anything we do say is from our own personal experience and don't, uh, do your own research. I should say that do your own research, anything that you hear, or if you have any questions or comments, by all means, put them up in the comments there and we will put them up here and discuss them right off the bat. Tanya, Sean was having technical, di technical difficulties, but he's up and running. Yeah. And they're up and running. There we go. So we're good to go moving forward. Today's topic I picked because we were talking about it in jujitsu uh, earlier today, but also because I think it's, I think we don't talk about this particular topic enough. And that is pressure, <laughs> the good old pressure. And so I wanted to a talk about, you know, how we feel about pressure, like what we would define it as, but then on top of that, um, you know, tools, tactics, things that we can use to develop either under pressure or to utilize pressure. So let's go right off the bat. Thoughts on pressure right off the top. Who wants to go first? Sean? Sure. I'll go first. And uh, I'll apologize if my audio is a little bit janky, but uh, there you go. So pressure, I think, for myself, I look at pressure from two perspectives. One is my personal or individually based pressure. And the other is the pressure that I apply upon myself based on the team around me. So as an example, uh, just as we uh, in the green room were observing, I was under pressure, not feeling the pressure or not like caving under the pressure, but I, I was under pressure because I know that we're on timings and I've been trying to sort out a technical issue for the last two days. And I've spent my entire morning trying to sort it out. And when Chance showed up uh, in the green room, there was very little time to get the, um, the final outcome that I was looking for, just we didn't have enough time. So I feel pressure when I let down the team. And it doesn't matter whose fault it is. I'll take on the fault myself because what was driven into me uh, at, a, at a young age, and I mean young as uh, probably first time I started understanding it as a concept, was on my basic reconnaissance patrolman course. I, I'd been in the army about a year and a half kind of thing. And um, man, it was, it, it was driven into me that no matter what happens, no matter what, if you've got someone in your patrol and they forget to wear boots, that's on me. The patrol commander is the one who eats it. The, mm -hmm. the patrol commander is the one who's responsible for it any failures are my responsibility. So I've got my own personal failures and then I've got the team around me if they're failing to whatever degree, that's also on me. So pressure that I feel is when I'm letting down the team. I feel far less pressure when I'm letting down myself because um, I'm, I'm used to failure. Uh, I'm not, and I'm used to the team failing, but I don't like it. And mm -hmm. so that's where I feel the most pressure. I, that maybe will get us kicking off. For sure. 
Matt, what do you think? What are your thoughts on pressure right off the bat? I think there's two types of pressure. First off, there's internal pressure and external pressure. And there's also good and bad pressure, right? Um, not mutually conclusive to each other. It can be mixed up and can be in, in totally flow, right? Uh, Sean made good points about, you know, um, external and internal pressure where he's having pressure on himself to make sure the pressures of his team are taken care of, right? Um, but it's how you deal with it. Like for me, some... Like I'm going to use a kitchen example, not a military example, but working in the kitchen, working online, you have like a complete whiteout of your board. You've got customers complaining, Mitra D screaming at you, and you're just worried about making this one plate in front of you. Um, all those people screaming and stuff like that, that's external pressure. That's pressures coming towards you. And it could be negative, right? But I also have the pressure that I want that perfect dish. I want to make sure everything's in the right place, and that's internal pressures. And that's good pressure for me in that regards because that is – um, professionalism and for me to make sure that goes out as a hundred percent. So it is a very broad thing where it's positive, negatives, external, internal, and it's, it's a lot of different ways to, to handle a lot of different types of pressure. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, I was describing it earlier on the mats was the fact that, you know, if you're, if you're not receiving the correct pressure, then the, whatever you're trying to do, isn't going to work properly because you're not getting the correct pressure to utilize that particular move but i think it applies in life in that if you're not receiving the if you as the person are under pressure externally but you're not receiving it correctly then it just becomes um it just becomes a negative i don't know if pressure itself is negative or positive i think it's how we receive it what do you guys think uh, I, I disagree yeah i think that um you're you're gonna receive it any way it wants to give it to you, you don't get to choose. If, if I'm going to start applying pressure against you, I'll decide how much pressure I'm going to apply against you. You don't yeah. get to choose that. What you do get to choose is how you absorb it. Yes. And yeah. so I don't want to, I don't want to get all BJJ issue throughout this entire conversation. Sure. But the idea being that when you're first starting out and someone's putting pressure on you, <laughs> You, you're just going to eat it and you don't know what to do with it and you can't actually manage it. You've just got to like eventually tap. And so the, the more you get used to pressure in life, the more you get used to the world firing pressure at you that you don't get to choose. Mm -hmm. If you've done it enough, you get to understand how to deflect it, how to absorb it, how to redirect it, how to incorporate it, how to turn it around and push it back the other way. But that takes time, that takes practice, that takes skill. And so as a white belt versus a black belt, as a black belt, perfect. Bring your pressure to defeat yourself. And so that is life. You know, as, uh, as you saw this, uh, in just as we were about to go live, Nothing was going right. And it's a bummer, but I didn't have a little cry. I just tried to work through it. And once I realized that fail, let's move to that fail, let's move to that fail, let's move to that fail. Now we're at this big deal. you got to move through the process. You've just got to work the problem, create a solution. So the, the outcome, which is this, as we are right now, is achieved and then moving forward you can look backwards and think dot 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 and how to do it better i hope that makes sense yeah absolutely that's that's i think what i was trying to get at was the um was the reception of it right because yeah you don't get to choose how much pressure comes at you 
that's just pressure. There's that's the light. Life in in and of itself is pressure, um, and it really is how we choose to how we choose to engage that pressure. As you said, over time you'll learn how to do it differently. And when you first start, you're I think the instinctual reaction is just to like headbutt it. If you think about uh, animals in the wild, when there's uh, I was looking at my elk skull, but I was just thinking of them smashing headbutting each other. Right there, there's a whole process around that but it's all about pressure who's got more strength who's more powerful in that moment when in reality in life you don't need to smash heads all the time <laughs> you know you don't need to do the the frontal assault on the bunker all the time <laughs> it may work once or twice but there's usually another way around it um, which involves movement i think more than anything um tony has got a question here though any thoughts on before that no, let's go ahead. Questions. Okay. So Tanya says, as leaders, how do you discern when to apply pressure? I think as a uh, leader, I'll jump on this one, Sean. Sure, of course, please. <laughs> um, I think as a press as a leader, you know your your team and what they can take, right? So um, like when my section was overseas, I knew exactly where I could throw them, where what kind of team I can break them into, what kind of tasks I can give them, what kind of threat I can pose against them. And if I went beyond that, then it would have to be like more of a guidance pressure. Like I'm pushing you forward and I'm guiding you towards a solution. I'm not going to let them go and fail, but I knew they can go up to this point. So it's really just about experience, learning your team and constantly adding pressure until they get to the point where you as a leader can see that they're not they're not adapting to that pressure. I'm going to use adapting. I think adapting is a very good way to describe what we talked about before in that once you get pressured, then you learn not to push against it or you learn to push through it or around it or adapt to it. Um, once you get to that point, then you know to either back it off or turn it into a guiding moment. And that guiding moment can right, be right in the situations like, okay, follow me, we're doing it this way. Or it could be, okay, let's step back, take, take a review, look at it, and then approach it again, right? Um, I used the section, my section and overseas analogy, but I mean, that worked in the kitchen too, that worked serving, that worked in class. I mean, you keep on throwing stuff as a leader to bring up the team, not to have too much pressure to, that it falls and crumbles. Mm. I like that. Sean? Uh, I agree with the spirit of what Matt is saying. I think as a leader, you've got to understand the three-dimensional human in front of you and apply a unique solution against the moment in respect to the right amount of pressure. And by right amount, the first nuance piece I will say is the right amount plus an extra 5%. And yeah. that, that's in the spirit of things. Uh, the other piece I would like to say is irrespective of who they are, that, that person in front of me or that team in front of me, I never think of a time when I'm not applying pressure and and it's i'm just going to throw it out as a loose construct i'm 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 not going to be pedantic i'm not going to dive into the details of it but loosely i will say this i am always applying pressure always i never go to zero pressure on myself and i never go to zero pressure on anyone i'm always applying pressure but it's one percent can sometimes be the right amount of pressure but for me zero percent 
is never the right amount of pressure. And so what do I mean by that? Let's say someone has had had too much pressure applied against them and I've got to dial it back. Well, maybe I'll dial it back to 10%. And because I've had them at 80%, that 70% drop feels like I'm not applying pressure, but I am. They just don't get the sense of it. And so the other aspect is if I'm applying 70% pressure, I can drop it down to 30% pressure and it'll make them feel like it's 10% pressure because I've diverted my pressure stances against not just physiological, it's physiological and psychological, 15%, 15%. So now 70% feels like 15%. And so you can play around with the numbers just as, you know, these are just general terms. It's, it's all very conceptual at this point. But I think that there's never a time when we shouldn't face pressure. Mm. I like that. The, um, the, I was going to ask, there's a, a thing that caught, caught my brain there that Matt was saying earlier was um, pushing your team not up to a point, but not to failure. And I'm wondering, would you want to push your team to a failure point just to see where that point is and then develop from there? Or would you prefer not to hit that failure point? and continually ride forward. So in my my view for that, for the failing failing point is when it's totally out of control and everything gets crushed down. You know, places on fire, people are hurt. You know, that's that's like complete, That's I'll pull it back before it gets to that point because mm. I don't want people hurt and I want to keep the mission going even if I have to dial her down, you know, 110% versus 120 we rejig and then hit it at 130%, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I think potential failure is enough of a threat to learn from versus complete and utter failure. John, what do you think? Uh, again, in the spirit of things, I agree with Matt. And so I think uh, first and foremost, probably we should have it as a waiver uh, or some <laughs> sort of, it, it should go across the bottom of the banner uh, and it should state, Sean is in the lunatic. <laughs> um, so, uh, I do, as a as a senior NCR, as a warrant officer, uh, I was taught that my first responsibility is the safety of my man. But in the military, depending on which team you're in, or unit you're in, or whatever, mission has priority. So you've got to understand what your job is and what your role is and how you can or can't protect men from the thing that they're going to face. So moving that to the side, now we're talking about pressure as a veteran or pressure in the civilian world or what have you. Well, now mission has priority is subordinated in my world to the safety and welfare of the men that I'm working with, men, women, the people that I'm working with. Or, or I'm working with, they're working with me, whatever the case is. Safety and welfare comes first, unlike when I was on the teams, loosely. So to Matt's point, I'm never gonna push so hard that all the restaurants on the strip are on fire. But I am gonna push hard enough that there might be a small fire in the corner uh, by the grease pit for a little bit until someone puts it out and then we're gonna talk about it. That's and uh, that's, of course, <laughs> that's minor, minor. So uh, the pressure that I apply is not to life and limb. 
Uh, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to mean spirited hurt anyone, but I am going to push them so that they feel the sting. And I'm going to push them across all three domains, physiological, psychological, and emotional. And again, to my earlier point, if, if we're talking about three sliding scales, uh, it depends on where things are at with each person. And it depends on uh, when I was uh, coaching athletes is when they were racing at whatever level, world championship level or grassroots level or anything in between, I'm putting enough pressure on them to set them up for their best success at the event. But I'm looking beyond the event. I'm looking to push them to success in the event. But in that event, they'll understand what they just went through to look forward to the horizon to want more or to be more or in that event they're already doing better at the next event if you understand what i'm saying so pressure we could almost talk about it uh, matt started uh, defining it uh, quite well at the start you can almost look at pressure within that loose construct of all of these vectors that you've got to consider, again, against the person who's standing in front of you. And am I only going to have them for a day? Or am I going to have them for a decade? Now, I've people have come and visited me in Rosin and sat down, hung out for a day or two or three or whatever to kind of talk about things. And if I think I'm only going to have this on them for a day, well, guess what? The velocity is going to be stiff because I wanna leave a sting that they can go home with and think about and get better from. And if I have them for a decade, I don't have to keep blitzing them every day because I know I've got a 10-year project with them as an example. So you've got to consider the timeline, you've got to consider the velocity, you've got to consider the near, mid and long-term outcomes that they're seeking. And then in brackets, I'm seeking. And so sometimes what they're seeking, what I'm seeking are two different things because they can't see inside of themselves what I can see. So that's part of the conversation, I suppose. Yeah, that's yeah, good. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I really like this, uh, this topic. We've been talking kind of from a leadership uh, concept, but what about internal pressure? What about like... The, the pressure you put on yourself to either be better or faster or stronger or do things well, whatever. But there are times where I think in my past where I've allowed the pressure to get to a point where I put so much pressure on myself that any failure becomes overwhelming. Now, nowadays, it's not quite as bad that <laughs> I haven't hit those points in quite a while. But I think that that is uh, something we need to talk about as well is that that internal pressure positive negative do you think it's ambiguous based on how we in, interact with it what do you guys think i don't mind uh, taking it yeah go, go for it. it um and and now we get to have a fun little game called flippity flop the rolls <laughs> and so now i'm the host of the show and chance burles is the guest <laughs> are, you, are you ready i'm ready Let's do it. <laughs> okay here we go so um I've been out at Operation Pegasus Jump now, uh, I think it's five or six days, and um, guess what, Chance? A whole pile of people have come up and shook my hand and said, you guys are doing amazing. Like, I I'm floored, I'm floored by it, it's unbelievable. 
And do you know what they say? If if they're going to have a, a conversation that lasts anything more than 10 minutes in respect to the collective, they usually call out how good you're doing. Oh. They usually say how far you've come. They usually say the show is like so much better now. And so let me ask you, what kind of internal pressures are you placing yourself under in order to make the leaps and bounds that the general public is seeing, not just on the show, but specifically to you as well? That is an excellent question. Um, I would say the internal pressures that I've been putting on my, uh, on the show itself have been uh, extreme. I, I want to, I want to make this show really, really good um, in every aspect. And I have not achieved the things that I've wanted to achieve yet, and I've made some mistakes along the way, but I've been able to see the growth based on uh, time and reflection. Um, but the pressures have been continuous. And um, I liked how you put it earlier. The They've dialed back at times to allow for certain movement, but they've also died. They ramped right back up again afterwards. But at no point have they ever come to a point where uh, to a zero where I'm like, yep, yeah, everything's good. Right. There's always there's always internal pressures to make sure that uh, timings are met, that uh, guests are here, that conversations are had, that um, topics are brought up, that I'm not using the word that I'm not supposed to be using. Like <laughs> there's a there's a lot of pressures that I put on myself. But I, I've been gauging them better, I guess, dialing them up and down as per necessary. All right. And as a follow on as the host of the show, <laughs> with a follow on question, <clears throat> let me ask you this. When did you start understanding that applying internal pressure to the velocity that you're applying it was important? I would say I think it was this the second time uh, we we sat down and we had a so there was the, the initial engagement we had, I think it was in February, where you basically called me out for not doing anything. <laughs> and we had a, a very um, direct conversation here on the collective. There was that. It first was clear. One. Yeah, it was clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the second one, I think when we I think we we're talking about nutrition with Satch, but um, that one really kicked me in the teeth. And that was one of those like, you I need to be in charge of it. I can't rely on Sean to push me in a certain direction. I can't rely on Sat calling me out every once in a while. It has to be me driving me forward. And I have been, I had relied on people for, you know, basically my whole life on to drive me somewhere I needed to go rather than applying the, the personal pressure to drive myself. That makes sense. I, I agree. And, and that's what I've seen as well. You have taken ownership of your own um, game. Now, once you take ownership of your own game, how do you keep uh, seeing more ways to engage in various trajectories of pressure? Where do they come from? Failure. <laughs> Honestly, the, the biggest one has been when I try something and it doesn't work or um, I have a, I have someone remind me that I'm using the word that I'm not supposed to be. This is a great analogy, just this right here. Um, in that it becomes innocuous in your speech if you don't, if you're not actively aware of it. 
And so the failure point isn't from you having to tell me. The failure point is the fact that I didn't notice it. And as I've been noticing those failures, it has been driving my ability to not use the word at all in my speech. And then another great one is swearing right at the beginning when we first started. Um, that was a really hard challenge for me initially. And I had to enact a great deal of pressure on my speech in order to overcome that. But because I've done that, that's actually applied through the rest of my life. And I don't swear anywhere near as much as I used to. And it's actually now almost um, off-putting when I hear others swear around me. So <laughs> that was the, uh, the, I think the big one was failure over the continually, not so much seeking the failure or, but the recognition that that failure happened and that I want to do it better. That's and as the host of the show, Matt, do you have any thoughts on that? I think I like, you used the word ownership and that, I think that, that has more impact on pressure than just initial, you know, face value. Once you own that the pressure is yours to deal with, like either like the show or like in the military or leadership or, you know, I'm going to say BJJ, I don't know. But anyways, um, once you own that, that pressure is there and you now have control of it, either good or bad. I think that impacts a lot of power on how you are able to ad adapt and adjust to it. Um, a lot of people who get overwhelmed with things, too much pressure in their life, they don't, they have no ownership of what's causing that pressure. But as soon as you realize that you need to own that threat, that pressure causing element, you can deal with it. You can deal with it either as mentally like, okay, that's not going to bother me. Or you know what, I got to go attack that and make that pressure something else. So I, I really like when you use the word ownership on that one. I like that. And uh, to continue on in my role as host of the show, I would like to then bring in this point. Now, pressure will never start if you don't recognize you need to put pressure on yourself. So, you know, you can go into a neutral trajectory of not going anywhere, and that will feel like pressure. So you've got to rewire your pressure states to, I mean, we're all under pressure all the time. If you're doing literally nothing with your life, you're under pressure because you know that you're doing literally nothing and you can feel it. And so I think it comes down to this, that we're all under pressure at all times. We get to choose how we ease off that pressure valve or not by applying the correct energy in the correct trajectory in a positive fashion that makes us feel good about the pressure that we're under. We're always gonna be under pressure. So if you can find a way to correctly identify how to do it better, once you start feeling how to do it better, then you can start seeking more pressure. For myself, I love pressure, man. They, the old saying, uh, pressure makes diamonds, I think it's true or steel sharpens steel, I think it's true. And so if I walk into a room full of video nerds with their hands in the Miss Vickies and uh, they all look up at me and they got drool on their chin, that ain't the right room for me because that ain't steel, that's Play-Doh. Yeah. And that is not gonna sharpen my ninja sword. So I'm looking for rooms full of 
legendary characters that are kicking arse more than I am so that my dull blade can be sharpened by their sharp blade. So once you understand pressure and you love on the pressure because it's positive pressure, because you're seeing positive outcomes, then you can get to work on seeking it, but you've got to seek it in the correct areas. Yes, 100%. Uh, the, uh, the Sean Taylor show will continue. Don't worry. I got a couple comments here. Though. Any, <laughs> any other thoughts before uh, we jump onto it? Good to yeah, go. I, agree, I agree with Sean. Just that yeah. it's about recognizing that there is pressure. If you don't know what's there and you're flustered about something else, you got to see that the pressure is coming at you or seek it yourself. But if you don't know what's there, you're just getting hit left and right and fighting in the closet with your eyes closed. Yes. 100%. Uh, Salty Jinx says, Matt, but owning that pressure not only gives you the ability to manage it, but to increase and apply it as needed on your terms across the board, which I think exactly what you're just saying. Um, Tanya hits uh, this with many BJJ sweeps and reversals hinge on loading your opponent's weight slash directional pressure onto yourself, especially into the parts where movement is generated. That's, that's exactly what we were talking about on the mats today, Tanya, was the fact that you know you have to have the right weight to use a certain sweep because otherwise the sweep doesn't work. Um, uh, and to build off of that, if I can, um, yeah. yeah, that's, that is really important. And that's going to take you nowhere in life. If all you're ever focused on is a reversal or a sweep, you know what I mean? You're, mm -hmm. You'll spend your whole life waiting for the perfect opportunity for the perfect amount of pressure to get the perfect sweep. And you may never, ever get a sweep because you're so focused on the outcome that you're seeking, which is never going to show up. And so I feel like uh, pressure shouldn't be considered as a, it fits carefully into that little slot right there that I've been waiting all my life so that I can dot, dot, dot. Pressure is all around us. It's yeah. external and it's internal. And the moment that you realize that it is, a constant then you've got to understand you're not looking for the tweaks or the hacks or the things or the that you're looking as a holistic person to figure out how to absorb that pressure and use it in a positive manner and that isn't a one trick pony solution that isn't a one bjj flippity doodah it we're talking about pressure applied against the art of BJJ. We're not talking about the techniques within BJJ. I hope that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's the spirit of things. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Matt, you got any thoughts on that for a, nope. Okay. Um, so Chris K hits uh, the view rate shows increased improvement from the beginning. So the data confirms that we're, we're doing well. Excellent. Um, so, uh, Tanya has this question. And I really like it. She says, Sean's discussed his having to lead during a tragic accident at the beginning of his military career with the, uh, the rollover, the truck rollover. Um, what lessons and pressure did you learn that day and what skills were learned slash refined up to today? Mm, that's a really good question. I've never talked about that before because no one's ever asked it and I've never really thought about it too much. But at first glance, this is my thoughts on it. What did I learn that day? To not rely on someone that I thought I could rely on. And so by that, I mean the entire chain of command that was above me. Of course, I was a raw recruit and uh, the chain of command from corporal to master corporal to sergeant to warrant officer, they, they botched that. 
And so that just left a, a bunch of privates really badly injured and me and another guy trying to save lives and fix up people. And I was not prepared for that. And, and it was only by happenstance that I had some first aid training before I joined the army. Otherwise it would have been worse. And so as I look back on that moment, it was a classic case of command failure, institutional failure. And so from that, from that moment forward, I looked at a guy, uh, uh, every guy in front of me, and never ever considered them as good to go based on their rank or based on a course or based on how shiny their boots were. I looked at the man for the man. I looked at the man in the now. And you've heard me say this before, and 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 maybe that moment uh, sort of uh, reinforced that. But not too long after that, and I was still a raw recruit at that point after the incident, I started looking around me, not distrusting the system, but not having blind trust in the system. Mm -hmm. And the further I went into my career, the more my eyes were opened in respect to your title, your courses, your stories, they mean nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. What does matter to me is how you perform right now. And so that's why I, maybe I'm a stickler for it. I've said it to lots of guys here on the drop zone over the last few days. Dude, I don't care how many jumps you've got. You either can jump now or you can't jump now. And I'll build off of that and I'll call myself out. I was walking onto the drop zone yesterday, uh, late afternoon, and a guy said to me, hey, Sean, uh, I saw your jump and you were like tumbling in the air and that was pretty funny what happened there. And he was, he was kind of teasing, but I think he was looking for an opportunity to kind of like slip one into my ribs because what had happened is I had jumped out of uh, uh, the airplane and I'd taken uh, my, my, my bike helmet is here, my full face bike helmet, which had created an air ram it was not the appropriate helmet for that jump. And uh, nobody picked up on it. That's because no one needed to pick up on it, maybe. I should have picked up on it, that it was not the right helmet for that jump. And further to my point, as I was pulling that helmet on and walking around and, and everyone's nodding, smiling, handshakes and knuckles and all that good stuff, perhaps some of those guys were looking at me thinking, well, that's Sean, he knows what he's doing. Oh, that's Sean, he's good to go. Oh, that's Sean, he's dot, dot, dot. But that is not, that's not the way life is, man. What, what I did back in the day and what I'm doing today are two different things. It's, how you, it's what you do now and it's the decisions that you make on that day that need to be observed by those around you and say, hey man, you can't, you can't jump out of a plane in a dolphin suit. So when I got out in the air, of course my helmet caught air and I was a little unstable and it's on video and all the troops saw it and I'm glad they saw it. And that's why shortly thereafter, I was on my live podcast calling myself out like, hey, here's a lesson, man. You know, I've got a boat, I got 370 jumps and I've done all kinds of things. And, and so the moment that I went unstable in the air, I'd never been as unstable as that since my military free fall parachute is course uh, way back in the day, like 300 jumps ago. And so uh, for me, it was really uh, frustrating that I was uh, unstable in the air for that period of time but it was more frustrating that I let down my jump master. And it was more frustrating that the plan that he and I had planned in the air didn't come to fruition. I let him down. 
So I put the pressure, the performance pressure on myself after the fact for letting down the team. Now here's the best part. Because I called myself out on my podcast and because I stated, hey, this is, this is the way life is, man. You make mistakes, you own them, you learn from them, you move forward and never make them again. And my responsibility is to inform the team that I'm the bonehead and you can all learn from it. So when I walked under the D's and he was a chirpity, 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 chirp. And I said, hey, you know what the funny part is? There's nothing you can say that I haven't already said to myself to the entire freaking world. You got any other things that you'd like to mention? No? Cool. All right. See you later. So that's the way I think that we're supposed to run the game, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that. The, uh, the, one, of the, one of the major benefits is, especially in ownership uh, of failures, is just like you said, everybody else gets to learn from them, right? They don't have to make that the same mistake later. They can think, oh, right, this full face mask is probably not the best thing to utilize right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that somebody isn't going to make that mistake later on. And in which case, somebody, you know, 10, 12, 15 years down the road, let's say, was at Pegasus Jump. They saw you do it. They got into you know parachuting they become jump masters way down the road somebody shows up with uh, a full face mask on right and that's the moment that company goes ha hey you know what i got a great story to tell you and then they can relay that information to this other person who has absolutely no experience with you whatsoever that's so then, worth it 100 percent, exactly and re like <laughs> we were talking about this on the mats today too was the fact that similar to what Alan was talking about was if you do a technique correctly, if a, a junior belt does a cr technique correctly to me, I'm going to tap because the technique is correct. I don't care what I, what I actually care about is the fact that they did it right. That's good. So if you can get me to tap or transition or move to something else, that's a, that's a win, but it's based off the fact that the, the pressure to do better for everybody, similar to what we were talking about yesterday is that if I'm, pressuring myself to do better then everybody starts to get better around me because we all start pressuring each other to do better and we all start developing you know all uh, high tide raises rises all ship raises all ships and uh high tide raises all ships there you go <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so let's talk about you you had mentioned earlier that uh it takes pressure to make a diamond right steel sharpened steel let's talk about good pressure versus bad pressure right it is is the development of pressure, personal pressure we've talked about, but the external pressure on others, how do we do that well? How do we pressure the people around us in a positive manner to build them up? I would say it's by example, honestly. Um, by you setting your, your pressure level at 110, and other people will, again, high tide raises all ships, right? They will bring themselves up or they will totally flounder and you you know exactly what you need to do with that but most people will try to keep up with the person that they that's leading them or they want to follow again being a good leader being a good follower but also having that standard setting that standard higher than what you want when sorry setting the standard higher for yourself will bring people up to your standard currently does that make sense yeah it does. I like it. sean what do you think i think that um there's a simple answer, and then there's a really complex and nuanced answer. 
The complex and nuance answer we don't have time for because that's specific to the individual who's in front of me or the problem that is specifically in front of me. That puzzle that I'm going to be fascinated by because it's a it's a deep long-term project. Now, if it's pressure being applied against a, a one and done, well, that's an entirely different thing. With a with a complex and nuanced long-term process, you can you 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 manipulate pressure in a variety of different ways. And um, you can you can get up in someone's head and you can not apply pressure overtly. You covertly convince them to apply pressure against themselves. And they observe you externally as you sit back and you're smiling and you're laughing and you're all chillaxed. Meanwhile, in their head, they're applying pressure on themselves and they don't even know why. And so depending on how Jedi mind trickery you are, whatever level you uh, apply coaching at coaching, uh, the idea is that there is a really delicate balance that you can optimize someone with over a long period of time or there's a one and done and that's an entirely different kind of pressure i hope that makes sense yeah that makes sense i i was saying earlier today um today when we, when i was teaching was the fact that you know a, a lot of it comes down to you know we were talking about ownership earlier but you know acceptance letting go relaxing into the moment those kinds of things where regardless of the pressure you have to be able to understand what the goal is right at the end of the day if there's lots of pressure you, you were saying it earlier matt was you know you really you put pressure on yourself to put out a perfect plate and by you putting out a perfect plate the other people in the kitchen are seeing you put out a perfect plate and so they're like well well i want to put out a perfect place <laughs> he's putting out a perfect plate i'm going to put out a perfect plate too but at the end of the day the end goal is to provide service to the customer similar to you know in the military we're, we're providing a service for the country but the actual goal is to be you know ready to fight at any point in time ready for that that next engagement um and i think especially in with personal pressure if you're going to be if you're going to be putting pressure on yourself and you're going to be ramping those uh those dials up you know sean said this before you need to know why and if you don't know why then you, and it doesn't matter how much pressure you're going to put on yourself. I think it'll end up and crushing you at some point. Does that make sense? Yep. Any thoughts? Yeah. Well, the if I can, yeah, if I can draw it back to what Matt was talking about in the kitchen, putting out that perfect plate, and then chance what you're talking about on the BJJ mats, there is a unique situation that is is quite different from what we're talking about, but it is not uncommon. So it's unique but it's quite common. And okay. uh, the example I'll give is someone comes into Matt's kitchen and it doesn't matter whether they're, they've, they've ever held a, a sharp knife and fork in their hand or not, or whether they're a French uh, professional chef, it doesn't matter what it is. If they come into Matt's kitchen, maybe they're just a jerk and maybe they don't care what Matt has to say. And maybe they're just gonna do whatever they want and they're just going to put out a sloppy plate every time because they're a one and done. They're in for the day to get a little bit of cash and bounce. So that individual, and now use that as the individual on the BJJ mats, they've watched all the UFC fights. They've got all the ideas. 
they show up at the BJJ club for Chance Burles' Sunday uh, BJJ class. And Chance Burles has got a, a sore rib. And they say, hey, bro, BJJ doesn't work. And you engage in them. And now they're putting pressure on you that you've never faced before because they don't know BJJ, but they know anger. Yeah. And so what do you do with those moments, those one and doneers? And I think that there's a variety of different ways that you can apply pressure in that moment. Everything from help them understand that there's a better way to do things all the way through to you gone. So what do you do with that one and done boys? That's a good so question. Uh, I do have a good story for that one. We actually like literally you told the story. We had some guest chefs show up to the kitchen, right? And the students, they were like, Oh, you know, these fancy, fancy chefs, you know, that we're gonna learn some mad techniques, mad skills. No, like, no, they just here's the recipes, go make it. They were just prep chefs, right? So the students were just like prep chefs for these two, just doing basic stuff, not learning anything really. And the stuff they were putting out, all of the students were like, like we we could have done this better on our own, right? So uh, in that situation, it literally turned, and in some of the instructors I was talking to after the fact, it turned into a, lead, uh, a not a leadership point, a teaching point where it was like, even though they have this, we have our own standards and we will keep ourselves at a higher standard than what our guests have come. We want to show them where they can go if they actually put the pressure on themselves the way it should. And that's carried on from the people I've worked with this summer where they're like, yeah, no, like we've learned, we learned some stuff. We didn't learn that much from them, but we know that we can go higher. We can go harder and farther. We can push ourselves to even be better than what we were demonstrated at. So I think it's, what do you do with that one person that comes in and, you know, anger and just throws around and, you know, hire, you know, look at me, I'm super awesome you as a, a leader or you as a person who has people looking up or behind you, turn it into a learning moment, turn it into something beneficial and not just focus on the anger or on the pain or on the, the lack of discipline, right? Um, use it, own it, turn it into a positive. Yeah. That's a uh, your thoughts on that chance? <laughs> well, thank you, Sean Taylor. You're running a really nice show here. I got to say, <laughs> um, the my my thoughts on it are, it is a it's a bit of a boutique answer, right? It depends on the person and their how they're engaging you and all that stuff. But my thoughts right off the top is, I would I would try to show them a better way. In that, that would be my first interaction with them, and then I would use it as a progressive kind of delineation almost like um you know a use of force uh system right is that you know i'll engage them very openly hey yeah absolutely you want to come learn bjj absolutely come on the mats okay we're going to bow first and if if that's the uh <laughs> the point where things start to go wrong then i can escalate from there but at the end of the day like i don't want to hurt people a and i don't want to um i don't want to turn them off of bjj but uh, if it gets to a point where they're trying to hurt somebody or they want to um, disregard anything that we're teaching, well, then the door is over there. And if that necessary that we have to uh, physically take them out the door, 
you know, BJJ has got uh, capabilities for that, so we can do that. But it, it's a very boutique dancer. It's hard to, I've never run into that situation, so I don't have any experience to draw from in order to mm-hmm. develop that. I have, and uh, and you'll have to consider how you're going to boutiquely deal with that worst case scenario of a guy, not, not just a, some scrub off the street, but somebody who's watched a lot of UFC and maybe done a little bit of wrestling in high school and has a little bit of an anger problem, has a lot of velocity to them. And, uh, you know, if depending on how long a person's been doing something, uh, you you may not have the skills to deal with that someone who's coming at you like at warp factor three. And I'm not talking about you, Chance, I'm talking yeah, about whoever. For sure. And so these are this these are important conversations because what you both of you are talking about and what I'm talking about is when you're considering how to manipulate pressure with someone, you have to consider what their ego is. That's I mean, we're we're not dealing with the human. We're dealing with the ego at this point. How to apply pressure or reduce pressure on a person's ego, not to fracture it so that it dissolves into nothingness, but how to keep it in healthy and intact so that it can ebb and flow as it needs to throughout the day, throughout their life, so that they have enough ego to be able to go out and 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 aggressively uh take care of life and pursue life and be better in life but not not allow the ego to be so big that it uh, spoils the journey for all those around them or spoils the journey for them because they are they don't understand how the world properly works so i think this point here we're talking about now pressure in those two cases is really all about ego uh would you disagree or what do you think matt would you say that the focusing on the persons who's causing the disruption is more important than the group that's witnessing the disruption that's a great question i think it's it's something that in the moment you have to be good enough at your job for lack of a better term to observe the totality of the moment and understand the multifactorial uh, pieces involved in it, that you can shape the moment so that it's positive for both parties. However, if I have to make a one and done choice, it'll always be for the team. So if I have a whole pile of students who are observing this moment and uh, I have to make a sacrificial move for them or for the individual, the individual always loses. The team will never lose. For a one and done her. Agreed. And that's where taking a person aside and removing him from the situation, him and her, uh, from the situation, actually having a discussion, again, kind of balance the ego kind of thing, kind of expectations, realities. Um, I think that's a very important skill to develop too. And that's a good way to control pressure, either positive or negative, right? Because you are positively trying to bring up your team by removing his negative pressure. And maybe he will bring himself up to the standard. I'm saying him, but you know, um, bring himself their selves up to the standards that your team is at. Okay. Yeah, I, I also agree. <laughs> the, um, I really like the way you guys are talking about it in this, in that it is a, it's a learning moment. It's a teaching moment. It's a, you know, it's a development moment it, in those particular types of, let's say instant heightened pressure right? All of us, there is a situation placed upon you and that pressure is now on you. 
and you just have to deal with what whatever it is, whether you have the tools or not to deal with them. And I really do love the fact that it is a, if you focus on, you know, what's best for the team rather than what's f- best for this particular person or this particular situation, I think that will, regardless of failure or success in that situation, it will teach more people how to be better long-term than it would in the moment of just, for instance, let's say some dude comes into the, some person comes into the dojo steps on the mats and I have to engage them. I can run up to them and, you know, flying arm bar them right off the bat before anybody says any words, but that doesn't, that might satisfy my, my ego, but it's not going to help anybody. Right. Whereas from a leadership perspective, you should engage them openly. Absolutely. Come on the mats. Let's, let's work. We've got some, I can teach you some stuff. We can engage in this, blah, 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 and develop the situation rather than engage at a 10 or, you know, terms of overseas, right? You don't just start shooting people left, right, and center because they're walking towards you. There's a, <laughs> there's a progression there. <laughs> so I, I, I do love the fact that you guys are um, engaging this from a leadership team-based viewpoint rather than just a, how do I feel better coming out of this? I think that uh, people who uh, engage in individual pressure and focus on life as an individual game, it's because they've not been on a good team. Mm-hmm. If you've been on a really good team, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, team equestrian. Maybe you're all about the horses and horse jumping. So if you've been on a really good team, we'll call it Team Canada, uh, then you understand how to play the pressure game. You understand how to play as a team. The moment that you are around people at a high level that understand how to do this well, you'll spend far less time doing it poorly because now you've got a baseline. It doesn't matter whether you were the best on the team. You could I could have been the water boy on Team Equestrian, whatever that means. And I hope it's not giving water to the horses. But if that was my job, That means that I'm around awesome people who know how to do high-level things. And if you're doing high-level things, you've had to learn all the things, how to be a good team player, how to be a good individual player, how to physical, mental, blah, 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 all of this stuff. In order to be at a high level, you've got to become high level. And through that process, you'll understand pressure internally and you'll understand pressure externally. So me as the water boy, I don't have to I don't have to understand any of that yet. All I have to do is sit on the bench with my water for the horses and wait for the moment where I I can see all of the gems that are occurring in front of me. Listen to all the conversations all around me as I'm carrying that water out to that person on the horse. They, if they're looking at me sneering, now I'm learning. If they're looking at me nodding and smiling and saying thank you, now I'm learning a high-functioning, highly coordinated, highly focused performance team. You can learn so much about how to do things better as a human just by standing on the sidelines and observing, soaking it in through osmosis. 100%. I have a uh, I have an excellent example. You got any thoughts on that map before I jump into my example? No, <laughs> okay. Uh, so when I was younger, I used to work in a place called uh, Teatro. It's down in um, downtown Calgary. It's a pretty high end restaurant, and I was a service assistant. Right, I was basically a um, 
table jockey or you know polish silverware and get people glasses and redo tables a busboy right um but that team was out freaking standing the managers were awesome the sommelier was wicked the the all of the crew in the kitchen were awesome people they all wanted to put out a outstanding plate for all of the people the front of house staff were awesome you know there's some general interpersonal stuff that always happens in a kitchen whatever right but the moment the doors opened it was game on and everybody was focused and it was one of the one of the best looking back on it now i didn't realize at the time when i was in it but that was one of the best environments of a team-based system that i'd ever been in and it it taught me so much because i wanted to make things better so i would spend extra time polishing the glasses right just so that when the sommelier put those glasses down on the table they would sparkle and when you know i would make sure that all the bread i was cutting was really square now these are minor things right it's not a big deal no. in terms of the dinner no they're not minor things they're the standard yes and that's what a high performance team needs is standards yeah the only reason that restaurant is excellent because i've eaten in it is because someone was cracking the whip the standard is the standard and their yeah. standard is a high standard and if you're not meeting the standard don't apply and if you apply you'll last a day if you don't meet the standard and that requires strong leadership and if you're stepping into that team as a as a nobody and you don't even know what you're stepping into you then have a binary moment am i in it for the long haul or am i a one and doneer and that's when you face the pressure yeah shining a glass isn't pressure unless someone has got their steely glint on you then it's pressure <laughs> 100%. That's where I was going to go with it. I meant that like you're right, it is a big deal. And those little those little standards or not little standards, but those standards apply across the board, right? It's not just that, you know, a sparkly glass versus a non-sparkly glass that's going to affect the flavor of the wine. It's going to affect the interpretation of the wine based on the person looking at it, right? It's not that uh, you know, a single drop outside of the plated area is going to really matter in the grand scheme of the meal itself but it does it and it it really matters right because it's all about the interpretation and the engagement with the with the person eating it um and so that's why I wanted to bring it up is that you know the busboy is not looked at as a as a big deal kind of job but I learned so much just from being that person and being able to apply um you know personal pressure to do it better can i clear a table a half second faster so that we can sit another table down and and do better so that we can all do better right can i hit all these points that i really wanted to hit that can i make that perfect meal happen for that one family that walks in and you know that they're spending all their money on this one dinner fancy times out with their family i want it to be gold in that moment because that's part of the internal pressure based off of the external pressure of the team in my mind so that uh it's something that we i think we apply a almost a bias based on where you sit in the rank structure right because the the dishwasher doesn't seem like a big deal but if no one's washing the dishes that's a big deal <laughs> so well, there's there, there is more nuance to that and this is an important nuance so i don't want anyone to get it confused if chance burles is out there sharp uh, shining glasses 
and he's wearing uh, mismatched socks. His his hair is dangling in the glasses. He's shining it. He is tripping over his undone shoelaces. He's bumping into guests and saying, what the hell, man? So there is our own pressures. Mm -hmm. And then there is the team pressure. You have a standard to achieve. You also have a team standard to achieve. And if, if every single staff member in that restaurant is freaking crushing it, but Chance Burles is bumbling around and isn't serving it perfectly well with his left hand behind his back and carefully leaning over, not in anyone's grill and putting it down perfectly like a Michelin star restaurant. If he isn't doing that, the entire team fails. And then Sean Taylor, who just spent a boatload of money, had his moment in that restaurant diminished because of some fool who couldn't meet the standard, who either through the pressure of the moment was cracking or because the pressure of the moment didn't care, it reflects on the entire team. So Chance has his pressure, but he also has the team's pressure to meet up to. But then the team also has pressure trying to bring Chance Burrows. I, I like how we're using you as a hundred percent, buddy. Right? <laughs> the team also has the pressure of bringing Chance Burrows up to standard, or as yep. you said, one and done, get out. You don't meet the standard, right? That's right. So it, it's a two way street. And if you, if you like, I've worked in two places very recently. One was a group of people with very little standards, and the other was people who were wanting to be there and crushed out life like they were just killing it and i had a hard time raising my pressure raising my standard trying to keep up with them because they every time i brought the bar up they would be right there it's like okay what are we doing next bar up what's next right the other team it was like what can we get away with right and so the standard kept on going down and down and down but again there has to be where's that standard where's that 100 percent? where's that 100 percent to go 110 or 100% to go down to 90. Like, where is that? And that has to be established, not even just like in, a, in the industry or in, you know, martial arts or anywhere. I think that is something that has to be done throughout life. Like, where are you? Where is your standard? And how much pressure can you push on it to bring yourself up and others? Or I'm not going to say slack, but where do I have to release some tension so I can actually reassess and bring everything back up another 30%, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, I believe internally for yourself, the pressure has to be high if you want to evolve. If you don't want to evolve and just be like normal dude number 62, you know, sitting doing the normal nine to fiver, yeah, go do it, crush whatever you got to do. But if you are someone who wants to bring up a standard or hold yourself at a higher standard, you have to have that pressure. And by you putting that pressure on, if people have like-minded, and that's the key thing there, people have like-minded who want to raise the bar and put pressure on themselves to get higher, they will follow you. And then you can be that leader, that teacher, and you will le learn from them too, because they will be constantly pushing your pressure to be better, to be greater, to be faster, to be stronger. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, we have a question from Tanya here that I think you you uh you kind of answered check it that, out buddy. but i just want to have it on here before we shut her down so it says what's the balance of your ego 
versus the team, re internal versus external pressure. Is internally driven pressure biased to focus on yourself in order to serve others, uh, or external focus only on the team? So I think you kind of covered there. It's a but team. Team. Uh, yeah, team places the most pressure on me. Team drives me harder and faster. I. If there was no team around me, I'd still have a velocity. I'd still be out there kicking ours. But put a team in front of me or put me in a team and freaking get out of the way. Yeah, agreed. Um, the team is also used as a gauge for yourself or for myself too, right? Like I want to be one step ahead of the team. If they're not pushing me, then I have to, like I'm going to keep on moving my own standards. So mm-hmm. uh, I work better with a team with in, within a team or leading a team. Um, by myself, I maintain, like, I, I constantly keep trying to keep involving by learning new stuff, keep my fitness up, you know, diets, like a big thing. Um, but it's not pushed. It's no, there's no external pressure pushing my internal pressure to be faster, harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're just over an hour now. Um, I, I have one final thought and then we'll do some, uh, some final thoughts from you guys as well. But, sure. um, I don't know why this kicked into my head while Matt was talking there, but you know, the credit roll at the end of a movie, right. And there's all the list of all the people and stuff like that. Right. And I was just picturing, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the bad guy with the name? Right. Where it says, you know, Sean Taylor played by blah, blah, blah. Right. Or do you want to be thug number two? <laughs> right? And that if you, that thug number two guy is, he's just, kind of there as you were saying uh matt is that you can be ordinary person number 67 or you can be the bad guy or you can be the good guy right or you know i just i saw the credit roll in the back of my head as you were talking about it and that like who do you who do you want to be because those two are driven by a standard and that standard is kind of up to you but uh, those are my final thoughts on that. What about yourself, Matt? Final thoughts on pressure or anything else we've talked about today? I want to be the director. I want to be pushing pressure to anyone else. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> um, no, man, I think it, it's a very broad topic. And we could like do like a multi-hour session of this if we wanted to. But I think pressure is good. Too much pressure can have a negative. I like what Sean was saying about being able to dial it down or up and readjusting your tension and go for more or less, whatever you need to do to grow and elevate. I like it. Sean, final thoughts for the, the Sean Taylor show? <laughs> um, I'm still trying to decide where I would fit into that movie uh, credit role. I just don't see myself being at the top. I might be, you know, three or four minutes into the credit role, but uh, I wouldn't be a thug. I wouldn't be a minor player, but I wouldn't be a major player because it's all about the team. And if I'm doing my job well, if as the actor in that movie, if I'm doing my job well, then hopefully the main characters, the, the, the winner of the day, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the day, the, the whatever of the day, hopefully the star, the, the star of the show gets the spotlight, then I've done my job well. And that's enough for me. Yeah. Sean Taylor's best supporting actor right there. <laughs> best supporting actor. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, it's it's funny that there's all these allegories that we can utilize, but I think really what it basically just comes down to is pressure is what you make of it. And if you want to utilize it in order to make yourself better, you can. If you don't want to utilize it and let it just hang over your head, you can do that too. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> if you want to be better, though, 
you got you got to know how to use it. You got to understand why it's being applied. You got to take ownership of it, and then you got to move forward, take action, as uh, Sean likes to say. And then you get to hang out with a bunch of other people who are going to be sitting around saying, "Pick up the pace, pick up the pace." And what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, right. That's, that's the that's the room you want to go into. So, you know, as we all learn about our own personal pressure as we are able to build ourselves and our development of pressure we can grow into the people that we're supposed to be every day and you can do that with us here on the collective see y'all tomorrow chimo chimo, chimo.